Hi there, thanks for joining us for the Executive Series. Today I'm speaking with Meg O'Neill, who is the CEO of Woodside Energy. Meg, it's great to talk to you. Great to be here, Tom. Uh, and I suppose what makes it really fascinating is to discuss the year that has just passed, not only in the energy space, but particularly for Woodside. Uh, you've had so many things to contend with, uh, an acquisition on the scale of, of what you've had to contend with, with BHP's assets, um, all of the major growth projects that you have, and then uh, the fluid landscape where energy prices are concerned. It's, it's been a full year for you. Well, it has, it has been a phenomenal year for us. Uh, we're very pleased that we were able to complete the merger with BHP's petroleum division uh, last year. Uh, that went effective the 1st of June. As a result, our annual results reflect seven months of the combined business, uh, significant increase in production, significant increase in revenue. Uh, and boy, what a time to complete the transaction at a point in time where the energy markets were incredibly volatile. Uh, prices for all of our commodities, oil, natural gas, uh, LNG, were up. Um, so really financial, Results were fantastic and um, pleased that we're able to return value to our shareholders. Well, that's probably understanding it a little bit, which we'll get to in a, in a moment. But being a veteran of the energy industry, you know how volatile it can be and how so many different forces can come to bear on it. When you look back on the last year and you're having conversations with investors about sustainability into mm -hmm. the years ahead, how do you balance that discussion? I think what happened last year reminded the world how important energy security is. And uh, we saw signs of energy tightness, energy markets being tight at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Uh, but with the disruption of gas flows from Russia to Europe, uh, it really was a significant reset for everyone about how important it is to ensure that the citizens of the world have access to reliable and affordable energy. Uh, we need to tackle that. Uh, in parallel with tackling the challenge of climate change and decarbonizing the system. Um, so I think it's actually been really helpful uh, in terms of having a much more level-headed conversation around how we manage all of these pressures at the same time. Indeed. So in terms of the outlook, there's been quite a moderation in um, gas prices over the course of the last uh, couple of months. What do you see the next five years looking like on average? And, and how does that impact your planning when it comes to you know accessing the capital markets for your mm -hmm. projects and and that litany of responsibilities that you have in that space mm -hmm. so when we make investment decisions we're thinking about the long term uh, the construction phase is four or five years and then the operational phase is 20 or 30 years so we need to be looking to the long-term uh, health of the market. And that means looking at fundamentals like population growth, economic growth, what does that mean for energy demand? When we look at Asia particularly, uh, what we're seeing is uh, incredible growth in demand for LNG. As these nations build out their economies, as they try to decarbonize and move away from coal for power gen, uh, LNG demand is going to be robust, and that's a really constructive environment for us to make those investment decisions. I mean, energy as much as um, demand and supply at the moment is also about politics. Mm. And in terms of what you're seeing with the Russian situation, the interplay with China and what mm. have you, um, I know that it's a matter of some delicacy, mm. but the way you, things have um, been reshaped in the last couple of years, is that going to return to what we saw before the Russian invasion of uh, the Ukraine? So what many nations have realized with the war is that uh, energy security and national security uh, go hand in glove. 
this, the world realized this in the 1970s when we had the Arab oil embargo and that uh, first energy crisis, uh, but there was probably a period of complacency. Now we see nations that are far more strategic in thinking about energy procurement, ensuring that they have the energy they need to protect their national interest. Um, so we are seeing actually a lot of interest from nations around the world to diversify supply, to ensure that they have access to reliable and affordable energy throughout the cycle. It sets us up well. Yeah. You know, as a producer with uh, a large footprint in Australia and North America, we're very well positioned. So that footprint is um, taking on a greater gravity in the next couple of years with mm. so many growth projects either coming up for the final investment mm. decision or, or, or going ahead. Uh, I'm curious in terms of you know, what you've been able to return to investors and indeed you know, to, to, to governments through mm. royalties and taxes. Um, what does that look like in the next couple of years when you come into like the um, very uh, important investment decisions mm. that are going to feature in that time? So one of the features of, uh, of a natural resource business is that we're producing a finite resource and there are periods in time where we need to uh, take on some very significant new investments to recapitalize the business. And we're in that phase right now. We've got two very significant projects underway. One, uh, deep water development offshore Senegal, and then our Scarborough development here in Australia. What the market conditions have allowed us to do is to be able to meet our investment milestones. So last year we invested $4.2 billion, return value to shareholders. Uh, with the two dividends last year, we'll return $4.8 billion to shareholders, and those are both US numbers. And we pay our fair share of taxes. Um, so this I year mean, we're they're paying... extraordinary numbers. I mean, in it terms is. of the wealth creation, um, you know, in terms of the dividends returned to, to, mm. to shareholders. But I suppose the, the question is, there are such demands placed uh, on, on Woodside in terms of these investments. Uh, the average person wants to know, well, is this largesse in terms of dividends likely to be a feature of the future? Or is it going to get trimmed back a little bit? So we've got a commitment to continue to pay a dividend through the cycle. Our dividend policy is to pay 50% of net profit after tax uh, with exclusions for uh, one-off events. So we are committed. We recognize our shareholders really value the dividend that we pay to them and have historically paid. Uh, we take a prudent approach to managing our balance sheet to make sure that we've got access to the cash we need and the liquidity we need to continue those capital investment programs. Uh, and. Uh, and we feel like we're well positioned to do all those things, to invest, return value to shareholders, and return value to government. Let's talk a little bit more specific, uh, specifically about um, the Trion project. Mm. Um, what sort of a difference is that going to make to, to your uh, energy profile? Yeah, Trion's a really exciting opportunity. So it's a deep water oil field in the Gulf of Mexico, but on the Mexican side of the border. So it would be our first opportunity in Mexico. Uh, the government is very supportive of the project. We have a partner in the National Oil Company who's also very keen to see it progressed. Uh, so we'll be coming up to an investment decision on that later this year. Uh, we're going through the final stages of getting the cost estimates and selecting the final contractors. So still a bit of work to do uh, in the execution uh, preparation phase, yeah. uh, but we're you know quite excited about making a, a positive investment decision there. You know, assuming it meets our investment criteria. And, and that was uh, a, you were a beneficiary of the BHP transaction, as far as that's concerned. But um, I suppose, in terms of what your visibility is in relation to costs at the moment, mm -hmm. do you have a feeling for them having? 
peaked now and that perhaps, you know, even if they stay at higher levels, at least, you know, they don't continue accelerating to the top side. Is that something that you're getting a sense of or is there more upside left? One of the reasons we're out in the market now is to get updated prices. Yep. And we want to make sure that uh, when we make an investment decision, we have confidence in the cost of the investment and that we're working with a contractor that has confidence that they can deliver everything to us at that price. So that's part of the exercise that we're going through right now. The early signals are that uh, there's no incremental cost pressure versus what we had uh, built into our planning basis. So that's very positive, but we need to see how the final numbers stack up. Now, it's a tough space to be um, in the energy space at the moment because of the political discussion. Mm. T tell me about your you know, sustainable and green projects that mm. uh, have been so important in your conversation in the last little while. We recognize climate change is one of the most significant issues facing the world today. And as an energy company, we have a particular role to play to help the world meet those goals of decarbonizing while also uh, providing reliable and affordable energy. We know we need to decarbonize our own operations and we've got commitments to, to do so, uh, reduce our own net equity scope one and two emissions by 30% by 2030. Um, but the thing that's really exciting for us is the opportunity to invest in new projects where we can sell a different product to our customers mm -hmm. that has no emissions when they use them. Yeah. These are things like uh, hydrogen projects and ammonia projects. And our first hydrogen project is progressing very well. We've already ordered the long lead uh, equipment and we're hoping to make an investment decision later this year. And this is, this is a project in the US actually, it's called H2OK, because it's in Oklahoma. And um, you'll be, uh, what's the line of sight do you have on that final investment decision at the moment? What's it yeah. looking like? Look, everything is progressing well. The team is uh, finalizing some of the discussions around things like the power contract, uh, offtake agreement. So we're still working through some of those commercial details. The technical work is largely matured. Uh, so everything is progressing pretty well. We're very excited about it. Well, Meg, it's uh, great to be able to talk to you at the end of such a successful year for uh, the organization. I hope we uh, have the opportunity to do that uh, again uh, in the near future. Thanks, thanks for your time. Thanks, Tom. Great to catch up. And thanks very much for joining us uh, for the executive series.